0: All right, we are now joined live. Bill Edelman is with us today. Uh, we are here for Heartland Heritage. Uh, Bill, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fine. I'm a little damp, but uh, it goes with the weather.
0: Yeah, it's going around. It really is. Um, but um, who knows where we'll, we've got that, uh, that coming through, and uh, I'm sure our weather team is taking a look at that. Uh, but um, hopefully hopefully, we'll all be able to, to, to uh, dry out a little bit here. Um, as we look up then at... Uh, some events coming up that you are, are giving about different points uh, and pieces and uh, highlights of local heritage, local interests, and regional um, history, and one of the first things coming up later this month is about, uh, about Tower Rock, right? Can you tell us more about what the
1: spotlight looks like for that and, um, and the points of interest there? Well. Many, many people know about Tower Rock recently because it's been in the news. It, it periodically, the river drops low enough that you can access Tower Rock from land. And uh, this this happens every few years, but this time CNN picked it up. And so it became a big deal. I understand the traffic was backed up. Uh, people were parked up to two miles away on the county road and local folks uh, weren't too appreciative of having their roads blocked but uh people got to visit tower rock and so uh one of the things i i decided uh i would put forward as a program was the history of tower rock because it has a very long history in the area any landmark that, that that is that prominent uh has a pretty long history and is mentioned in a lot of historical works so uh I'm going to be giving a presentation on the history of Tower Rock on the 22nd of February at 7 p.m., and that'll be in uh, Farmington for the St. Francis County Genealogical Society at the Farmington Fire Station. All right. And I don't think there'll be any provision for remote access for that program, but As I mentioned to somebody the other day, if a local group were to invite me to give the same program, I'd be happy to do that. So, uh, stay tuned. There may be a a repeat performance of that one. But Tower Rock, is the earliest mention of it is 1673, when uh, Father Marquette and uh, Louis Joliet went down the river as explorers, and Marquette there were probably uh Europeans that had seen tower rock before but uh had not written about it the uh, indigenous people knew quite well about tower rock they thought it was uh the surrounding area was possessed by evil spirits because if you are coming down the river in a canoe and you actually got in the wrong side of the channel at tower rock you might be dashed to pieces because at one time there were pinnacles and uh, the configuration on the landward side was a lot different than it is today and it was pretty violent rapids in that that uh, right-hand channel as you're heading down river that was all altered in order to improve navigation back in the late 1800s
0: yep certainly um- and I suppose one of the, the interesting things is that maybe we don't think about it as far as a um, you know the, the a a social uh, history a um, you know that more more of those uh, the, the, the the certain artifacts of, of, of culture and uh, that impact because of course just looking at it you you know there's the the geographic. Um, and geological history there but of course that informs so much of our um, other more you know cultural history and the like in in terms of the the human focused things as opposed to the rock focused history that seems like an interesting thing that perhaps folks may not think about do you think, think so?
1: Yes, and and indeed, if you were to, if you managed to get up there when the water was low, and actually I think the water is just as low right now, but I haven't heard that much of a uh, hype about people going up there. But this exposes also artifacts on the shore from a quarrying operation. There was a whole area there at Tower Rock that was quarried down to a base level, in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s And some of the quarrying, quarrying equipment Is still sitting there rusting away uh, So there's that uh, As far as, there's some ghost stories Connected with Tower Rock Which I'll talk about when I give the presentation uh, If you actually do a little historical work On a couple of them It turns out they couldn't really happen But uh, they're there uh, there's also a, an old story about uh, a canoe full of Miami Indians who got a foul channel and um, were dashed against the shoreline, and a number of them drowned. And that was actually told to several early explorers. Oh, sure. So. Yeah, um, I imagine with that
0: there is. Um, Kind of a question with with regards to whenever something shows up when the, well, the river levels are down, uh, who who uh, has you know the authority or the prerogative to go in and
1: take a look at that sort of thing? Well, I guess anyone can take a look at it. As far as hauling it away, I'm not sure. I'm not that up on the salvage laws, but. Uh... Uh, the things that are still left up there from quarrying operation are either incredibly heavy and nobody's going to move them or else they're attached to the rock. Sure. And uh, I would imagine anything loose was hauled away years ago. Sure.
0: All right. Anything else on Tower Rock before uh, we move along then? Anything else of interest that uh, you would notice? That
1: well, one one little thing that uh, of local interest, if you're a uh, familiar with Perry County, there's Cincoms Creek that uh, flows into the river north of Tower Rock, some distance. And actually that is now pretty well established to be kind of a corruption of uh, the name of one of the early priests who, who uh, put a, a cross on Tower Rock in the late 1690s and he was Father Saint, It it's spelled Saint Cosme but in French, it sounds like home, calm. And so uh, people listening to it pronounced in French might have heard Saint. homes and uh, thought it was sink homes. And so I've heard all these stories about, well, they named it because there were five bodies found uh, in the creek. And, and it turns out it's just a corruption of uh, the priest's name. He was a Jesuit priest. But just to move on with some of the other things I've got scheduled, I've got another presentation uh, that I prepared on the Civil War forts of Cape Girardeau, forts A, B, C, and D, and kind of setting up why were they here, why was Cape fortified during the Civil War, and what happened to the forts, and what happened at the forts. And I'm going to be giving that one uh, in St. Genevieve, 11th of April, and that's a public presentation at 6.30pm at the Oris Theater, which is entered through uh, the Cirrus Restaurant at 261 Merchant Street in St. Genevieve. And so the the Sons of Union Veterans chapter has invited me, but it's open to the public. And again, I'll probably be giving that one for the Civil War Roundtable here in Cape at some point. I did want to point out that uh, I work part-time for the State Historical Society of Missouri, and one of the things we do is try to promote history, and as part of that, we're available to get programs for different groups with uh, historical topics, and so uh, you'd be welcome to call the Research Center. Uh, My number is 651-5179, and you can call call there or... uh, drop by or drop us an email uh, and set up a program. All right. At risk of maybe putting you on the spot,
0: but uh, uh, is, there a, is there a talk that you would like to give that maybe you haven't been asked to before, that uh, a subject that you think is, uh, um, ha- that has, is waiting to be given, but uh, you, you haven't been able to do it so far?
1: Well, you know, one of the ones that was that way for a long time was the Civil War Forts uh, presentation. And it kind of fits in with uh, uh, something that a friend of mine and I are working on about Cape Girardeau during the Civil War. And uh, it's a lot of it is what took place in 1861 uh, in, the, in the early stages of the war. But uh, generally, I, it's whatever people ask me to do. There's nothing I'm particularly dying to do. <laughs> Um uh, But if somebody asks for a specific topic, I'll tell them whether I think I can do that or not, and uh, come up with something. so there's really nothing specific that that i'm all that wound up about uh,
0: <laughs> yeah uh, well there there you go it uh, just just one of those things if it, if it was uh there were something, it would always be the opportunity to you know put it out there, just throw it out there but uh yeah, no. Um, Anything else today before we wrap up as as far as um, the events coming up go? Anything else that folks need to know?
1: Uh, Well, there is one other thing that if people want to look at at, uh, some presentations online, we do have, uh, I have prepared and presented 14 sessions that are about an hour in length on uh, the State Historical Society of Missouri's website uh, in the on-demand section on how to do genealogy. And it was a 12-part basic series, and then I've done two specialized talks since then, and I've got another one coming up uh, in the months ahead on uh, using cemeteries as a genealogical resource. The one I just did was on tax lists, but the basics are the first 12. They're all up and, and ready for viewing anytime people want to do it. Sure. Uh, that's what, that's what on-demand means, just whenever you find a convenient time and can access them. Sure, absolutely.
0: All right, great stuff. Bill Edelman, thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate you making the time. Okay, appreciate uh, the invite. Absolutely, absolutely to our audience as well. We appreciate you being here with us at Heartland Heritage. Stick around, more local news content coming up right after this.